Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. And would you open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter number 15, please? Luke chapter 15 and verse number 3. Luke 15, 3, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Amen. And I want to preach on the subject, just one. Just one. You, You may be seated. Amen. Just one. You know, I know every message that is preached and taught is for everybody. It might not be for somebody right this second. Some are for somewhere down the line, but they're all good word of God. They are all for us every time. But then there are times where I feel like there's a message just for one person or a couple people. Amen. That somebody needs to hear about just one this morning, whether it's in the building, on uh, Facebook or Instagram, or maybe somebody that might listen to the podcast later on, you know, in the week or so. But I believe that God is speaking to somebody about just one. Amen. Somebody that might be asking themselves this morning, does anybody see me? Does anybody know where I'm really at right now? How can I be in a crowd and still feel so alone? Somebody that might be questioning their worth or questioning their purpose for existing on this earth. But may I tell you this morning that every single human being is a wonderful and spectacular creation of Almighty God. Amen. Can I tell you that we are all created in His image and after His likeness? Isaiah 64, 8 said, We are all the work of your hands. Psalm 119, 73, Your hands made me and formed me. And Psalm 139, verse 14 says, I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. Verse 16, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God, how precious your thoughts are to me, how vast their sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Amen. I'm telling you, God has his eye on every one, not just on the whole world, but on the individual, on the person that is hurting this morning, on the person that's wondering this morning, on the person that has maybe lost their way this morning. Praise God. 
And when we have a belief in God, we can have an encouragement that He made us. You see, I did not evolve. I was made. I did not come into, become, into being because of some randomly occurring Big Bang. I was carefully and thoughtfully fashioned by intelligent design. Amen. And we are all created by God as unique individuals. We are all unique. We all have something to offer. We all have a purpose. Amen. No two people have the same fingerprints. We're unique. No two people have the same iris or retina patterns in their eyes. And no two people are genetically identical. Amen. Well, you say, what about identical twins? I got them. Amen. And we got Adriana has them. Praise the Lord. And, uh, but you know what? The identical twins do share the same DNA code. And they can fake people out even down to the blood tests. Praise God. But genetically identical? No. Praise the Lord. Amen. Not even identical twins are that way because they are different in height. They are different in bone structure. They are different in personality. And I can attest to that. Amen. So what I'm trying to say to, that, uh, that this morning is you are important yes, to God. Amen. You are important. Amen. You are valuable. You matter. Amen to God. And that's all that really matters. You matter to God. Matthew chapter 10 verse 29. Jesus said, aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. Even all the hairs of your head are numbered. Amen. That's how much he knows where you're at and knows what's going on. So do not be afraid. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Amen. Do not be afraid. Do not fret about things. Amen. You know, when news spread about the powerful teachings of and miracles of Jesus when he started his earthly ministry, great multitudes began to gather around him everywhere he went. And it was just massive crowds. They gathered to hear him teach the Sermon on the Mount. They gathered by the thousands in the wilderness, way outside of the limits of the towns, just to hear him teach and see the miracles. Amen. That he performed. Praise God. And one such gathering, there was 5,000 men, not including their wives and kids. Some estimate 15,000 thousand or twenty thousand people in that one situation praise God but let me tell you something this morning Jesus is not just the God of the multitudes he's also the God of just one yes, amen. So he's a God of just one yes. amen Luke chapter 4, verse 40, when the sun was setting, all those who had, that, had any, that were any sick and various diseases, they brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. He laid his hands on every one of them. He specifically went to the individual. He didn't just wave his hand over the crowd. He went and touched every single one of them. He took time to speak to. He took time to encourage, and he took time to heal the just one. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The woman at the well, she's over there at the well, 
and Jesus leaves the, the disciples, tells them to go into town and do something, and he went out of his way to go talk to this woman at the well, Samaritan woman at the well. Amen. That's because he wants to, amen, to us to know he cares about just one. Blind Bartimaeus, there's a big multitude walking by, and Jesus is right in the middle, all these people just pressing through, amen. And then blind Bartimaeus is sitting over on the side somewhere, and he, and he says, what's all the commotion? And somebody said, Jesus is coming by. And that's when he yelled, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and called for blind Bartimaeus because he cares about the one guy way over there that everyone else has forgotten about. Amen. Oh, praise God. And then Jesus with the multitude again was coming through town and this one little short guy named Zacchaeus, amen, or, you know, or he, he was just uh, uh, staturally challenged, maybe that's another word for it because he wasn't short, amen, but he was, you know, not tall. And so he couldn't, you know, he's jumping up and down. He couldn't see Jesus in the middle of the crowd. Must have been a lot of tall people around him. And so he ran ahead of the crowd, knowing where they were headed. And he, he crawled up into a sycamore tree. Amen. And, and you would have think, well, you know, no one's going to notice this little guy up in the tree. He was just watching and whatever. But you know what? When Jesus came under, he stopped. He looked up at Zac Zacchaeus and said, hey, Zacchaeus, be of good cheer. I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house today. He said, no, Lord, I'm not a good man. I got some issues. He, he said, but you know what, Lord? I've seen the light, and I'm going to make amends, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do right from now on, and I'm going to make amends for what I did last, wrong last week or last month, last year. And he said, well, the kingdom of God is not too far from you. I'm coming to your house. Amen, because I'm the God of just one. One guy up in the tree, a thousand guys around, he's going to his house. He, he sees us. He knows where we're at. The man with the 12-year-old daughter came, left the house. She was on her deathbed and came and ran to Jesus. Amen. And said, my daughter lay sick. Amen. Unto death. Amen. At house, I pray that you'd come and lay your hands on her. And then when they were on their way, somebody ran from the house and said, oh, don't bother Jesus. She already passed away. Just let him go with the crowd. And Jesus said, hey, you be of good cheer. You believe in God. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. You watch. I'm coming right now. I'm coming for the 12-year-old. I'm coming for the teenager. Jesus loves the kids. Jesus loves the young people. Amen. If you're a teenager not knowing what's going on, trying to figure out your bearings in life, Jesus cares about you. And he he went and he raised a 12-year-old girl up from her deathbed. So he cares about the multitude, but he cares about the just one. And then another time, a multitude was coming through town, and there was a, a little woman that with a w issue of blood, she had had hemorrhaging, internal bleeding for so long, and she was just could not... Uh, even have any strength hardly to get up anymore. She had been to every doctor. She had spent every penny and she, that, she got worse and not better and now she was poor and she was penniless and she was almost hopeless but then she heard that Jesus was coming by and she got herself up and she dragged herself through that crowd and then she got to the middle of the crowd where Jesus was and she touched the hem of his garment and she received her healing and then she melted back into the crowd. Praise God. She melted back into the crowd, saying like, you know, like eating an apple or something. Like, oh, nothing, nothing to see here. I didn't do nothing. 
And, and then Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And the apostles were saying, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's wanting to touch you. Everybody's wanting to just lay their hand on you and, and, and just get a blessing and touch your garment or whatever. He said, yeah, I know about those. But he said, somebody touched me with faith. Somebody touched me with desperation. I, I know that all these people were touching me and they maybe weren't needing something really desperate. But there was one. There was just one touch out of all those touches that really touched me. And virtue came out of my body. Amen. And then the woman came and said, it was me. It was me. I did it. And he said, hey, be of good cheer. Don't fear. Amen. Your faith has made you whole. Amen. Go. Amen. Go. He's the God of just one. Praise God. This concept was also reflected in the teachings of Jesus. He talked about fishing with nets. Of course, he had three, amen, uh, at least three of his apostles were fishermen, Peter uh, Peter and James and John, amen. But he talked about fishing with nets, but he also talked about fishing with a hook, amen. And with a hook, you catch them one at a time. God cares about catching a big group, and he cares about catching one at a time, amen. Praise God. And that's why I encourage the people in the church, amen, when you're out being a light and trying to share things with Jesus, amen, don't try to save the whole world in one day, amen, because you can't do it. Just go one at a time. God wants to use you. Just grab your fishing pole, so to speak, with a hook and try to get one person at a time. And that's how you get the multitude and that's how we win the world. Amen. But he cares about just one. Amen. And then the parable of the lost sheep that I opened my sermon with, with the text passage of Luke 15. Amen. So a man had a hundred sheep and at the end of the night, he's counting them all, making sure they're all there before he buttons it all up and puts them in the, either in the cave or he puts them you know, in, in the uh, uh, corral or whatever to protect them from the uh, predators that prowl around at night. And he got to 99 and he was missing a sheep. So he left the 99 sheep. Amen. Luke 15, 4. He had a hundred sheep. If he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he find it. Amen. Praise God. He left the ninety and nine. What's going to happen to them? They're going to be fine because he left them in capable hands. Amen. But you say, well, it's just one. You know, he's still got ninety nine. That's like if you have five kids and you lose one at Disneyland. I still got four. You know. No, that's, that's not what you do. Amen. It's 99. I want 100. I had 100. I need 100. And so he went searching. He went calling until he found that sheep. And when he found that sheep, he rejoiced. He called everybody together and had a big old party. Amen. I found this sheep. Amen. And I want to rejoice. And then he, he finishes up saying, I say in verse 7, I say to you that likewise... 
there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Does that mean God doesn't care about the good people that need no repentance? No. He knows that, hey, they're going to be fine for right now, but he's, i got to go for that one. i got to get that just one. That one's in trouble. These guys are okay for now. If they get in trouble, they'll be the one. If they get in trouble, they'll be the one. But I thank God he cares about the one. He cares about the one, the one lost sheep. And we know that the Bible compares us. Amen. That Jesus is the great shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. We are the sheep of his pasture. And on and on the comparisons go. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray and went our own way. And the Lord has laid upon him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And so there's all kinds of comparisons. Praise the Lord. But he cares for us. Amen. And that's why when, when it, the Bible talks about Jesus, he came to die for the sins of the whole world, right? He came to die for the sins of all the world, the sins of the past, the sins of the present, and the sins of the future. He covered it all when he hung on that cross and bled and died for the sins of the whole world. How many untold billions of people is that from Adam and Eve until we don't even know yet because people are still being born and that adds to the total, praise God. Billions of people. But have you ever wondered if he would have still died on the cross for far fewer people? And when I say far fewer people, I mean, would Jesus have come to give his life and shed his blood just for a handful of people? I say yes. Amen. And I'll take it a step further. I firmly believe that Jesus would have still come and suffered and died on the cross for just one person. Just one person. Just one. Well, how do I know that? Is that just a feeling? Is that just your personal opinion? Well, I think I have the Bible here, amen, that gives me some good insight into that. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus let us know that there's nothing in this world worth exchanging your soul for. And he also said something even more profound. There's no profit in gaining the whole world if it means losing your soul. So what that means, if I have a huge scale today that the whole world could fit on one side, amen, and the whole world would be all the precious metals, all the precious gems, all the stocks and bonds and cash, rare and priceless paintings and sculptures, artifacts and collectibles, and all the best of the world has to offer in houses and lands and pleasures, and you name it, you fill in the blank, I'm sure I'm missing some things there, amen, you put all that on one side of the scale, and you put one person, just one, one soul on the other side, and I'm telling you, the soul in God's eyes is worth more, it's more valuable, it weighs more than God. Just one single soul. So I say to the person that feels like nobody sees him or her, 
to the person that feels like nobody knows where they're at, to the person that feels alone or abandoned or lost in the crowd, to the person that has that low self-esteem or wonders why they're here and what their purpose is. Amen. I'll tell you, since one soul is worth more than the whole world, and if that was only one person on this earth, amen, and you were that one person, that person feeling like this, that's this morning, if you were the one person, amen, Jesus would have still come and died for you. That's how much you are valued. That's how much you are worth. That's how much he loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He knows right where you're at. He died for you so you can live an overcoming life. Amen for him. The Bible said in Romans 5, 8, God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. That's what real love is. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's why I'm here today. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 8.9 For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ how that through, though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So the people that are feeling poor this morning, and I'm not talking finances, I'm talking poor in your body in a sickness, poor in your mind or heart, or poor in a certain relationship or whatever it is. Amen. I'm telling you, he came, amen, so that the poor could be made rich. Amen. Hallelujah. So you are, if you're just one, don't worry. You're worth it. You're enough for him to do what he needs to do. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you give your life to Jesus, he'll always be there for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. He will go out of you his way just for one. Just for one. Oh, praise God. He'll move heaven and earth just for one. Just one. Just one. I always wonder when Abraham was talking to God in human form about not destroying Sodom and Gomorrah because of the righteous people that live there. You're not going to destroy the, the righteous with the wicked, are you, Lord? And Abraham said, hey, if, if, there's, if, if there's 50 people there that are righteous, will you save those towns? Yeah, I'll do it. And he went down to 45 and 40 and 30. He went all the way down to 10. He said, will you save it if there's, you find 10 righteous people? Will you not destroy those two cities? He said, I won't destroy it for 10. I just wonder if Abraham would have said, would you not destroy it for one? My nephew Lot and his wife and kids, they live there. Would you not destroy it for their sake? I, I wonder, I, I'm pretty sure God would have said, okay. But you know, God, God still destroyed them, but God sent angels to get that family out of there. So he did protect the righteous. So God does care about the one. Amen. So don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop having faith. Amen. For yourself and for others. Amen. Because God cares. He knows where you're at. Amen. The eye of the Lord, amen, is upon the righteous, and he hears their cry. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord, for just one. You care about 
just one. And when you add up enough just ones, you got a group, amen. You got a church family, you got a multitude, but it all starts with individuals. And we are all important and valued in God's eyes in, in, in specific ways, praise the Lord. Are all individual parts of his body, the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? Amen. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.